In today's episode, we wanted to talk about the role of being the of, as being a humble learner. And I think in other podcasts, we've talked about how important that is when you're learning a language. Um, but we just wanted to really sort of massage this topic a little bit about how you can set yourself up to be effective. I mean, that's what we want to be when we go overseas. And so we're just going to talk about some of the things that are important as being a learner. And we this clearly requires entering with humility. Clearly. So what, what are some of the topics uh, we want to talk about here, Vic? Well, it's obvious when you move abroad that you are forced into the role of learner if you're learning a language. But it's so much more extensive mm-hmm. than that. It, I'm not trying to learn a culture just, just for the sake of. Well, I don't not know. from a it, pragmatic sense of I'm here to learn enough so that I may pass this thing on. There's a. There's a sense of valuing. Well, the because culture you're here, and respecting it. Right. Because you're a visitor, you're the newcomer. And to always remember you're temporary. Oh, I'm I'm planning to stay here a long time. We all want to stay a long time. I've never heard anybody say, I can't wait to get out of here. Well, I have heard a few say that <laughs> or a few that are just there but, for a few years. But, but we, we usually enter, you know, with the goal of being effective and we... We want to be able to have a long-term impact. So I think it starts out when you enter with realistic expectations. How long are you here for? You really don't know. Um, what role will you have? Um, well, if you come in as a humble learner, then we, we think there's some things that would really help. Um, we've talked about language learning. Go listen to that one. You're basically saying without being strong and fluent enough in the language to express, to give your, not only your, the truth in teaching, but to give your life, to be able to express yourself in the way. Share your heart. Your heart. And hear the heart of another. Right, to, to, to be able to really them. understand right. the connotations of the words that people are using, mm-hmm. to have spent enough time in a culture that you can read what does disappointment look like? How does a person act when they are disheartened? Have what, you is, offended how, what is the them? cultural expression of those things? Have you offended them? Have you been able to work through that conflict? I mean, can you imagine you're doing that in a foreign language? And using their cultural ways of, I mean, that's Of not dealing easy. with conflict is huge. huge. It takes a lot of time to learn. And I remember an older guy when I got there saying, you know, I think you need to just focus on learning for the next, for the first two or three years. And we say that, but to tell an American you're just going to be learning and listening and deferring and interviewing and taking notes, <laughs> we feel unproductive. Because we're like, all I'm doing is focusing on learning and finding out what's going on, what has worked, what hasn't worked. And yet, even though that sounds so 
like we're spinning our wheels, when are we going to get on to it? That is, can be the most, inva- most valuable time for whatever extent you want to stay in that place. Yes, I think you're right. And it's learning not with the goal of learning enough so that I can impose my values my way of doing things Mm -hmm. on someone, Mm -hmm. but it's actually learning to listen to them Mm -hmm. and not saying, Oh, well, my way of resolving conflict is better than your way. There may be elements of your way of resolving conflict that are biblical, but there may be elements that are purely cultural. It's very hard. I mean, what you're there to do, what is the role of a missionary is to distill the gospel from the biblical culture, okay, from maybe the cultural elements that are in the scriptures, to recognize that you have your own personal cultural expression of these things, to distill them down to the to, essence to the of essence, what the gospel is biblically. And the principles, okay? Like Vicki said, the way we resolve conflict, this is the way we've learned it in the West. This is the way we learned it in my particular culture or family or church. Um, and then to try to pass that on. But what you're really trying to do is give them the principles so that within their culture and language, the gospel and, those, and Christian character and values are grown into it, are integrated into this person's life. And then... I think what's really happening is it's becoming its own Christian expression. Within that local culture. It's incredible. So a a quick example (laughs) and a very simple one. Our cultural expression of going to a church building on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That is our cultural expression for many people here in the U.S. or in the West. The biblical principle behind that is to not forsaking the fellowshipping or the gathering of the saints, the teaching of the word of God, the breaking of bread together. That's the actual biblical principle. So we've got to take out the building. That's not essential. We've got to take out the time, Mm -hmm. the day. None of those things are essential. They're all flexible. How we sit. When do we sing? How much do we sing? What is the order of service? What How do long we do is a at service? the meeting? <laughs> That's right. Can we eat while we're doing it? Can we sit this way? Can it happen on Tuesday? And that's just an example of, of yes. And you've got to get you've got to get those principles, and then you've got to allow the local culture to make them into their own way. And that may end up being a meeting, a gathering mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. a Friday night in a home with different people teaching the word of God, praying together, it, it, it may look very different and it may not feel to those of us who've right. grown up with a church service. It may not feel the same way. And it's not necessarily supposed to because you're not from here. And that's where we're deferring to the local. And our goal is to see these principles integrated into their lives so that then they can experience let, let there be a Christian expression in their culture. And this means we have to take our hands off of it. This means, as Vicki said, what we begin to see may make us nervous. Um, and how do you get to that kind of pr- 
place where you're literally taking your hands off of it. And that is a dangerous thing. I mean, we are Americans. We want to go in and, you know, often the local culture thinks we are the experts. They recognize you've studied these things and you've known, you've been a Christian culture or you've been doing this longer than we have. So there is a sense of you teach us. But if we're really going to be effective to leave something there that will have long-term effect, then we have to figure out how to empower them to not only reach their people, lead their people, teach their people, but basically they become the missionary to their own people. Um, You know, the famous Charlotte, as we know, or Lottie Moon, uh, the Southern Baptist missionary to China, Here's a quote. I love what she said. When the gospel is allowed to grow naturally in the culture without forcing processes of development, uh, the church in the house is usually its first form of organization. God grant us faith and courage to keep hands off. Can you imagine? She lived from 1840 to 1912. Listen to this. Uh, God grant us faith and courage to keep hands off and allow the new garden of the Lord's planting to ripen in the rays of the divine love free from human interference. So what that seems to be a posture she's trying to say for she's writing this to people. Hey, this is what I've learned. And she probably had to learn it the hard way herself because she maybe had come in as an American to do the work, but she is calling us to say, God, give us the faith and the courage to take our hands off of it and defer. And and it does. I mean, we can speak from personal experience. It does take great courage um, to give over something that is maybe not as comfortable for you. Another example of that would be in music. When... When I first started hearing some of the, I don't know, praise music or some of the psalm songs that were hymns that were sung, it really was a deep and spiritual experience for me to hear something that I had learned in English to be sung in the local language. It felt so good to me familiar of course familiar but different enough like wow we're doing this we're we're taking this is meaningful but what we also found is when we were singing songs that were locally written sometimes the music was not didn't minister as deeply to our soul because it wasn't music that we had grown up with the tempo the harmony the style didn't connect as it much. It didn't with resonate it, as deeply and as far back. We saw the beauty in it, and we knew that was the goal. But it did resonate more deeply with our local friends. Yeah. So that's the goal. So I may not have the experience and be as comfortable as I was before. Yeah. With, but they will. This is their cultural expression of it, and as uncomfortable as I may feel with. That cultural expression is how uncomfortable they may feel right. with some of our cultural expressions, like sitting in chairs in rows. Here's another practical example. A memory guy was asked, you know, he hadn't been there long. He was still learning the language. And he said, David, they, they 
they don't have anybody to play the guitar now to lead in the service. Should I jump in? They've asked me to because no one else can. And I remember saying, how about you not and wait? Um, let's wait maybe some weeks, maybe a month. Let's just sing a cappello and see what happens. And so interesting, just two or three weeks after of the church doing that, a couple of locals came up and said to this foreigner, hey, can you teach us how to play the guitar? And and he said, I, I got it that day. I understood what you were saying, David. And so now I'm teaching them to play the guitar. And just within a, a few months, they were leading. And that means there's the humility. There's the, okay, I'm not really here forever. Impossible. I don't belong here. I'm the newcomer. I tell people, I don't care how much you love it here and how much, I mean, I used to joke with Vicki, I've already found the cemetery where I want you to bury me, you know. <laughs> and, and it's like, yeah, you might really love it there and that's where you think you're going to live. But that's not really our goal. Our goal is to see these people, particularly in their culture and using their, like Vicki said, cultural language, music, they even can produce their own teaching and theology from the scriptures. And I don't mean wacko, I mean just their own, their own, and it becomes theirs. So that the gospel then takes on, shall we say, the cloak of that culture. And I think that's why Lottie Moon said, God, give us the faith. Why the faith? Because we have to trust the sovereignty of God. We have to trust the Holy Spirit in these people, that God is at work in these people. But she also said the courage, because it's... Oh, it's risky. It is risky. Yeah, because you feel like you're writing letters back or you're having to explain for the work you've done and you want people to see something that that looks recognizable to them as, okay, so where's your church? Or where is the work that you're doing? Have you started a... And then you realize, no, I'm really here to plant people who then plant churches. Well, people are the church. Correct. In but essence, people are the church. We're trying to plant people We are with the pure gospel teachings in the scriptures. Yeah, and you know, trusting in God's sovereignty, uh, we, we made a note there to make sure and mention that. I, nothing comes out more important than when you realize Sometimes you get your hands on something or a person and you think this is my disciple and I'm going to make this person and they're going to be the apostle for this region. And sometimes it can crumble in your hands. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. And God often wants to remind us, you're temporary. That person's mine always has been. And if God is truly in that person, then he will bring the results. And I have to remember, I had to always remember, I'm a link. I'm a link in this chain. And I just want to be effective during the time in which I'm here. That's kind of an important thing. Um, I, we recently were talking with two um, nationals from different countries who are friends of ours. Um, not the country we served in, but two separate uh, other countries. And both 
of them had the feeling through their interaction with Western Christians and Western missionaries who came to live there that there was a lack of trust, like like they had a step-down filling of the Holy Spirit or indwelling of the Holy Spirit that almost like the the Western Christian had to, because we maybe have known the Lord longer, had to almost act as an intermediary. Like couldn't, the Western Christian couldn't come underneath the leadership or trust in the Holy Spirit in this local person that, that God is actually the one who is leading them. And this person was actually had been in ministry for many years and was in a pastoral role. This wasn't a one-year believer. No, no. <laughs> and yet still, as Dwayne Elmer says in his book, Cross-Cultural Servanthood, which is huge, fantastic. fantastic book, one of the most common things he hears overseas is what when he asks, what would you wish of Western missionaries? What could you change? And the most common thing was this theme of that they wouldn't look down on us. They wouldn't just treat us, as you said, Vicki, as second, as lower, as untrustable. As less as able to hear the, the voice of God. Right. As one of those... Um, nationals that I was talking to was not in ministry, but got the distinct, had grown up within the church um, in that country. So had a a Christian upbringing and a Christian family, but just always got the feeling of a little bit of distrust Mm -hmm. that she wasn't expected to hear the voice of God. Like, for the making, missionary was for making decisions, decisions, right? Or the way this church should go, or how we should do theological education, or or even personal personal decisions. Um, with yeah, what do you call that? Where you're just sort of it's a little patronizing. I mean, it's paternalistic. Paternalistic, yeah, yeah. Like like the realizing that the Holy Spirit indwells each believer mm. and leads each mm. believer. That is the gift of God to each one of us. And one cultural, one culture doesn't have the upper hand on that. Right. That God has said, for example, with a, a believer in a country that in a country where maybe um, there's a lot of pressure for them to turn back from their faith. God has said that, he will enable them to persevere. It's his work. It's not our job to make them persevere. That's God's job. And they have to figure some things out. I can remember having the opportunity to sit around in a small group and lead some locals as we looked at the Bible. And as we came to these passages, I remembered asking, what do you believe this means? And we begin to get into the language and the words. And I said, what does that word mean? And they told me, I said, hmm, that's, that's okay. Tell me more about that. And so we begin to realize there's the whole translation and them pulling out the way they're seeing how this applies. And I remembered thinking, okay, I've got these commentary books and they're giving different thoughts. And I realized there's something that's happening here. And I remember it as I led them through questions and showed them how, you know, 
obviously we didn't want to say, well, that, that can't mean that because there are these other Scripture passages that say that. Okay, I see that. And then what does this mean and what does this mean? And lead them to see how you can come away with the, the, the basic meaning of what God is teaching in this passage. And what they learned from that was, I mean, I, I just remember them surprised that I was asking them. And it seems simpler Instead just to say, them. yeah, just well, tell us it, what it this... isn't it more expedient yeah. in yeah. our culture yeah. to to just tell. I mean, go and find out the information and what is the truth and this is it and now go do it. Especially if you go to a place where there hasn't been a lot of Christianity, they're going to naturally think you know more. You study these things, you have a degree in this, and yet Christ calls us to come in as a servant. Christ calls us to come in to wash their feet. And for us to say, what do you think we need to do? I remember how long it took me to finally ask, how would you reach your own people? I remember a guy looked at me and said, how would you reach your people? I mean, like, we're doing these cafes, we're doing, you know, we're doing this, we're renting buildings, we're doing this. What What do you think? And what I remember, would you do? And they, I remember thinking, um, I don't know. No, really? How? And so they begin to tell me how... Other religions are trying to reach people here by their by the local people or how that local faith is propagating itself and producing disciples. And it was amazing. I was like, has anyone ever just researched um, what 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 is working here? Or are we taking methods and ideas that we have developed overseas? You know, I, I've said in my book, you know, when you develop a strategy on this side of the ocean and take it into a country, it's never going to be as effective as if that strategy is born amongst the people by asking them. But what does that require? Trusting them, Vicki, as you said, trusting the Holy Spirit in them, recognizing that if, it, if they find a solution, it's going to be their solution. And um, sometimes they will have heard the Holy Spirit on that, and sometimes their own flesh will be giving them solutions. And you know what? That's the same with us. That happens to us too. Sometimes our ideas and the things that we're trying are not necessarily because we've heard them from God. They're what we think will be successful. So there's a humility that comes in that. I watched uh, recently, was watching a, a national believer who was a leader within his own people. And, and it was just such a huge uh, lesson for me and impact in watching this man. He doesn't hesitate to preach the word of God. But when he was working with a small group of younger people that he was training, they were planning an event and I know that he had in his mind some ways that would make that event successful, that people would come to it, that he had in his mind things. And he could have just told them. He could have just told them, we're going to do it this way, this way, this way, this way. Lead by example. See, this is how you do an event. But instead of doing that, he asked for their ideas. And then he would ask them questions about their ideas. Mm -hmm. And his questioning was so masterful 
that they ended up coming to the same conclusions that he came to, but he didn't tell them those things. And they owned it. And, and, it, it and they learned how them. to ask the question. Yeah. They learned how to, how to do things because they learned how to question themselves, what questions to ask. And it was amazing. What a privilege to get to sit in on this. And, you know, from this cultural standpoint, when we're coming in, and I'll leave with this thought, we'll end this, is I remember hearing about a problem in a culture, in a, in a country, and we Westerners were trying to come in and help in this area. And without going into details, uh, it was in the country of India, and I do remember telling them something. I said, well, this sounds like a very Indian problem, and there needs to be an Indian solution. So the hard part is we are here in the state saying, well, this is what I think needs to happen there. Why well, this is what worked in our culture. Well, and this is what we think by based on my trips over there, this is what needs to happen. And so I just remembered thinking that has got to be the theme. And I think whatever country we go to, um, yes, we know we have the gospel. And sometimes we think because we have the gospel, we have enough. You know, I've got the faith. Let's just go over and tell them. But seeing how that culture will be cloaked over the gospel is the key. And so finding the Indian solution to that particular problem was going to take more time. We were going to have to trust them. We were going to have to find locals, empower them. Ask more questions. It was not going to be as, like Vicki said, efficient, effective as just let us come in and fix this. And tell you what to do. So that is why we are titling this to playing the humble learner because you want to see a low, you want to see the gospel infused into this culture and empower them to carry it on. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.